Welcome to Wisdom Unlocked, The Ways of God, a production of Lionshare, a ministry that aims to co-mission with Jesus in making disciples of all nations. We ignite and provide resources to disciple makers in the church and throughout the vocations. In our world today, there is more information available than at any time in history, but wisdom is in short supply. In this podcast, you'll hear how learning about the character and ways of God is a guide to wisdom. Welcome to this edition of Lion Share's podcast, Wisdom Unlocked, The Ways of God. I'm Sonia Bearson, and I'm sitting here with Dave Beering, the founder and president of Lion Share. Hello. Hey, Sonia. Good to be with you again. <laughs> well, in our last uh, edition of our podcast, we explained what we meant by the ways of God. That's part of our title, and a lot of people might not understand what that means. So let's just uh, have you define that again so that people understand what we're talking about and where we're going. Sure. So the ways of God represent a couple of things. First, it's God's path on a matter. In other words, how would God walk that? It expresses his attitudes, his heart, his perspective, and even his actions on something. And my simple way of saying it that helps me is it's how God does stuff. And so when you think, for example, like um, attitudinally, the, the Bible talks about being servants or walking in humility or honoring one another. It's how God would go about doing things. It's how Jesus lived. Matter of fact, Jesus said he was the way. And so uh, it's reflecting on the life of Jesus. It's reflecting on how God does things. So that's what we mean by the ways of God. Okay. And today we're going to talk about the character of God and how that ties into the ways of God and ultimately how that ties into us getting wisdom, uh, getting God's wisdom. And you read through the Proverbs and boy, the first few chapters of Proverbs are all about wisdom saying to us, Get me. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, no, that's right. Follow me. Pursue me. Get wisdom. And then these are all the things that are going to happen in your life. Yes. Uh, And so when we talk about the character of God, you know, if if I talk to my friends about this and I said the character of God, they would say, well, what do you mean by character? I mean, isn't, isn't just God holy? Yeah. That that seems like the only thing I need to know about the character yeah. of God. So tell us what you mean by the character of God and and how that is different from just saying, "Well, God's holy." Yeah, that's a great question. I I find that, you know, in our human relationships, one of the things that we appreciate each about each other is certain character qualities that we value a faithfulness or humility or steadfastness or service, whatever it would be. And I I think, Sonia, that God's primary motive in giving us the scriptures was to reveal his character and his ways. So if we've defined the ways of God as, as how God does something, the character of God is who he is. And there are many attributes in Scripture. I, I, if I could show you, I would, I would hold up my Bible for you to see. Because over a season of time reading my Bible in purple pencil, I highlighted every name, title, and attribute of God's character. So when I open my Bible, it really screams at me His character. And I think what happens is, is we often read our Bibles. And we're, we're diving in for the answer for our need of that day, or what's the biblical doctrine about that? And all that is, is really important and good. However, we need to dive into our Bibles primarily to get to know what God's like, because it's, it's the primary place that he reveals himself. So when we talk about the character of God, it's getting to know what he is really like. I think too often we focus on 
what God did in the Bible or what Jesus did in the Bible, yes. whether it's miracles or what he provided. Yes. Um, and we didn't trace God's character back from what he did. But you're saying we need to start with the character of God and then realize why things happened or why he did things coming from his character. Exactly, because God doesn't do things outside of who he is. And so when you think of, for example, um, Jesus, when they throw the woman caught in the midst of adultery in front of him, and we often focus on, you know, he bended down, he drew in the sand, and, and rightly so. However, if we we pause and go, okay, what's going on in his heart? What's his perspective? What's What's his character? What's going on in all this? And we see him... Instead of responding in a condemning way, he's merciful, he's gracious, he's forgiving. And see, those are things that express the character of God. He, he's being a shepherd in those moments. And the reality is in, in the goofy world we live in these days, when times get rough, the thing that you can stand on forever in a day is the character of God. And if you don't know God's character, you will always be floundering on the inside. I think what you just said is so important because I think those who are not believers, when they think about the character of God, they focus on the judgment, yeah, the anger, mm-hmm. uh, the wrath, um, the list of do's and don'ts, uh, because they don't have a, a true knowledge of Scripture or even the, the context of yes. it. They're just looking at different snapshots of yes. it. Um, you know, I think among my non-Christian friends, uh, especially if they see a Christian acting in a particular way, they see either hypocrisy or the one verse they quote back to them is, uh, do not judge. Yes. Right? Yes. And and you can't just take that one verse mm-hmm. out of the whole context of God. That's or, a whole other podcast. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so t- t- let's go back. Let's go to some scripture. What does God say about himself when it comes to character? Yeah, there's a couple of passages that I really like. The first one is in Jeremiah 9, and it says this, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might, let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices and here's character qualities uh, and expressions, steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. And that delighting is not only in the steadfast love, the justice, and the righteousness, but that that we take the time to know and understand him. I, I for one, believe that um, God feels very misrepresented. I, I, and I know that's something none of us like, like, you know, when so my last name is is Buring. It's pronounced like the word curing with a B in front of it. But when someone announces, you know, you're coming to speak or they're introducing you and they get that wrong and they say, so today here to deliver an exciting word for us is Dave Boring. You feel a little misrepresented. Well, why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and none of us like that. None of us like to hear somebody say, well, Sonia said, and you're just going, I didn't say that. Imagine. Just imagine for a minute how misrepresented God must feel, like just how he feels. And and I think the key to it is coming back to the scriptures and looking at it. And, and let, me, let me read one other one here that I like. It's in um, Exodus, and we see uh, this is, is following from our session, our last session here, where 
Uh, we talked about the ways of God and teach me your ways that I might know you. And if you remember this portion in Exodus 33 and 34, Moses has said, show me your glory. And God hides him in the cleft of the rock and covers him with his hand. And as he walks by, he shows him his back parts. But as he's walking by, after Moses says, show me your glory, which I always kind of perceive as, you know, this extraordinary light show and power and all this. What does God do with show me your glory? Here's what happens. It says, the Lord passed before him, Moses, and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. So when God's glory is being requested to be revealed by Moses, God reveals his character. And I think this is there's something to this, Sonia, about the reason God wants his character to be embedded into our lives is because it's a place where he can be glorified. People see him in us and through us, and he can receive glory. When I've heard you teach on this subject, and also um, one of the one of the phrases that I often ask people as a way of understanding their concept of God, their relationship with God, or why they don't have a relationship with God, mm-hmm. is uh, this this quote: uh, "The image of God that you carry around in your heart and mind affects the way you live your daily life." Mm-hmm. So if you see God as a wrathful authority figure who, you know, is throwing down thunderbolts, yeah. you know, when you do something wrong. Yeah. And then uh, if, if you do something right, then he's uh, giving you promotions and bags of money. Yeah. Uh, then, then you have a little bit of a skewed yes. impression of the character of God, just like what you were talking about, myth, misrepresentation. Yes. So talk to me a little bit about how the image of God manifests in our daily lives. Yeah. And, and while you're there, I, I want to throw this quote out too from A.W. Tozer. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But it reveals to us again what's really there and what's not there. And I and I think um, one of the things that I've learned over the years is um, my reactions to things in life often reveal what I believe about God. It's like one of the ways I think God actually helps us. His Holy Spirit helps us. Like when we're in a situation and all of a sudden we, we cave with fear, and the reality is. The Lord's trying to show us, look, you don't trust me in this. And I like to tease people out of Proverbs 3. It says, trust the Lord with half your heart. And we know, you know, that it says, trust the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. And the the reality is, is, is when things happen in our lives and we react and we're caught off by fear or we're caught off by rejection or, or someone's lack of faithfulness to us has let us down yet again, that it's a time for us to realize, okay, so so this might be true in my heart, but I think the Holy Spirit's trying to show me something here. He's trying to reveal what God's like. And the counter to that is when you have, for example, when you're wrestling with fear in your life, which, which I have, we all have, we all wrestle with that at times in our lives. How do you overcome that? And my suggestion would be going to the scriptures. And yes, there are verses on fear that are great to memorize. We must do that. However, I'd say there's something even bigger, and that is beginning to look at the character of God and realizing, okay, so these guys here had things to fear, and yet look how God came through. And then you begin to declare that thing 
in your life. And so there are times that I have to say, do when I'm in my little study with the door closed, God, I just don't understand. I, my pea brain can't get my head around this. However, I trust you. And I think, Sonia, a lot of this has to do with starting with the scriptures first. And, and the way I, I, I usually position my hands one in front of the other with, with them you know, representing that oftentimes what we do is we make a judgment on God's character based on our circumstances. How could God have allowed this? How could, when we have to, as followers of Jesus, we, it's a must. We must start with looking at his character in scriptures first, then looking at the circumstances through that. But we have, if we've not been discipled to think that way, we start making judgments on God based on the world's circumstances or our personal circumstances. And, and I'm the first to say, I don't always understand it, but I've come to a place of saying, because of getting to know God's character over the years, I trust you. I, I don't get it, but I trust you. I think it makes me think of a teaching that you uh, once did in which you gave a list of the way people perceive God to be. Mm -hmm. So there's the God as Santa Claus, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. you, you you get a lot of people who think of it that way. So yeah. that's the lens through which right. they, they see God. And that can be great until you don't get that's right. what you want. That's right. Um, you also talk about God as the orchestra conductor. Yes. Uh, and and uh, God is kind of the disinterested, you know, mm -hmm. third party who is not really that involved in your life. Mm -hmm. But uh, every once in a while, he intervenes if yeah. there's something bad going or, or on. Or if you do something wrong, like the violin player, you get the scowl. Right. Yeah. Right. You're not in, you're not conforming. That's right. You know to to the way it's yeah. supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, and like I was saying earlier about the thunderbolts, mm -hmm. you know, if you see God on the throne and then He's just waiting for you to mess up, and then as soon as you mess up, boom, yes, uh, you get the condemnation. Yes. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about these barriers mm -hmm. to knowing God's character, because if we grew up with this concept, whether it's through our father or through a coach mm -hmm. or through a teacher mm -hmm. who was like that, uh, it's hard for us to see God in any other way because we don't know him. Yeah, no, that's right. And I'll, and I'll pick up on that one. I, there's three that come to mind here. Let me pick up on that one you just talked about, the influence of authority figures. So I'm a grandfather, which means I've also been a father, and but but freshly here as a grandfather, realizing with my grandchildren, the way that I interact with them, also uh, as an authority figure, not their primary because their dad and mom are that, but it influences the way that they eventually think about God because God is the ultimate authority figure. But when you're a child, your parents are that ultimate authority figure. And so there's just some, again, we can use language like just some baggage that we carry along in our lives until we acknowledge that and say, Lord, I, I really need to see you through the lens of Scripture because I'm carrying this baggage of, again, unfaithfulness or abuse or lack of love and, and attention or whatever the case may be. And I think we subtly think that God is a big one of our dad or a big one of our mom or a big one of these authority figures that you mentioned. And the reality is that he's not. God is very other 
than that. And so sometimes we can have this skewed image of God because of the influence of authority figures in our lives that we've taken a little too far. A second one is our approach to Scripture. And I mentioned that briefly before, that oftentimes we can be reading Scripture to get answers to our needs, which we should, or to make sure that our teaching is correct, which we should. But I also think um, we don't take the time to pause. Like, for example, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. You know, all those kinds of things. It's like, do we? Do you just read that and, wow, that's awesome, the 20th? Or do you pause and go, okay, the Lord is my shepherd. What does that mean? What does the Middle Eastern shepherd look like? You know, so it takes a little bit of time. But, but, but give yourself permission to say, okay, over the next month, I'm going to just take God as a shepherd and I'm going to dig out some things in the scriptures about what it says. It's loaded with that word, God as a shepherd, and then learn a little bit of the Middle Eastern mindset of what that actually meant. Because I'll tell you something, the next time you sing a worship song that has something to do with shepherd in it, you'll connect with God in a whole lot different way. And so that's that's a second one, our approach to scripture. And the third one for me is I really believe there is a, a satanic strategy from the moment that we're born to try to disfigure the character of God in our hearts and minds. Because the enemy knows if we see God for who he really is, you cannot help but fall in love with him. So there's been this campaign to distort and disfigure God's character ever since we were this little girl or little boy. And I think that's something we have to realize is that's very real. And um, so those are three barriers that I've watched um, over the years that hinder people from getting to know God's character. I also... um I think there are a couple verses that address uh, what you spoke about. Um, and the first one, I remember when you did this teaching, it was kind of like a little light bulb went off in my head. Uh, and it's Psalm fifty twenty one. You thought I was one like yourself. Yeah. Meaning you're another version of me. We yeah. kind of bring God down to our level. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that. Yeah. Again, I just I think that's a, a practice that many people, um, followers of Jesus, who are as sincere as can be, walk around stuck in this area because they, again, just think God is a big one of us or a big one of our dad or some authority figure in our life. And he is not. He is so other than that. Now, God will express his character through people, you know, as we walk in those things that align with his. But the reality is we do have this belief that that God is is like us. And now let's be clear, the Bible says we're made in his image. And so there are very much things that, that uh, reflect God in and through our lives. But I think there's this missing ingredient of what is he really like? And, you know, it, it's like, I think a lot of people know about God, but do we know him? And and just being real practical, unless you know somebody, like if you and I were at the beach, and your husband, Darren, my wife, Cheryl, we're all together at the beach, and I had, say, a $100 bill that I had forgotten I'd stuck in my swimsuit pocket, I wouldn't think twice to give it to you and say, hey, Sonia, can you hold this for me as I go swimming? If it was just Joe Schmo that I met on the beach three minutes before and we're talking about the waves, and then I say, hey, could you mind holding this for me? There's no way I would do that. Why? Because I don't trust him. It's not that he's a bad guy. I just don't know him yet. And I think a lot of our challenge in life is we haven't taken the time to really mine God's character. Now, will we ever fully know him? No, we won't. But 
he gives us 80 so years to, to pursue that. And then heaven's going to be awesome when we see him for who he really is. But I, I think it's important that we build that relationship with God because in the end, the way that we live life and the things that come away, you have to answer that question. Do you really trust God? Do you really trust him when, you know, this negative thing happens or this friend dies at an early age or this circumstance hits me where I lost my job? And and then again, we go right away to questioning God. And here's where Satan's strategy comes in. I think the devil hovers around those moments in our lives and jumps on those things and says, see, God's not loving. God doesn't care. And that's why we have to be in the words. We can say, no, 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 no. This is what his word says about who he is. And when, and when we function that way, then we see who he really is. You mentioned that in your Bible, you've been underlining who God is, everything from his character to his ways to what the titles mm-hmm. uh, that are given to him, uh, even his Hebrew names mm-hmm. uh, that that hold a lot more truth to them than we even understand yes. because it's not our language. Yes. Uh, I speak another language, and there are certain words mm. that don't translate into English very well. Yeah. It takes probably three sentences to explain what that meaning yeah. of that word or that phrase is. Or because that it's, food like kimchi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's there's a cultural barrier, yeah. and so you do, you do have to dig down mm-hmm. deep uh, mm-hmm. to understand what that word means. Uh, one resource we want to tell you about is that Dave has spent a good deal of time uh, – videotaping a devotional for you to watch every day. It's a two-minute devotional that covers all the character uh, traits and attributes of God. Talk to us a little bit about that and uh, how you came to choose these Mm -hmm. attributes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are there only 365, 366 uh, uh, character points of God? And and why do you think it's important for people to focus on this each day? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be impossible to, you know, to cover them all, but it's the things that we've been talking about. I I just keep running into people who, um, you know, kindly ask me for advice. And when I'm talking with them, I'm realizing that yes, there's dealing and struggling with a very real issue, but behind it is they don't understand God's character. They don't know how much he loves them. They don't know how far his grace extends. They don't realize that forgiveness as far as the East is from the West is for you. And so one of the things that that um, we did is we recorded, as Sonia said, 366. Um, so we threw leap year in there too. Actually, the February 29th is God's humor. So it's the one the one day. But we cover in a year... Uh, 101 attributes of God's character, three to four days each, so that you get three to four days just to reflect on that. And it's it's a, a video, but again, if you're in your car and you can't be watching, you can certainly be listening to it. But behind it all is I really have a desire that people begin to see God more for who he really is. Again, we we mentioned earlier on the misrepresentation that can be there. And unfortunately, it begins in and through my life and our lives as followers of Jesus. We're supposed to be the reflection of God, never perfectly, but reflecting him to the world. And I think if ever there's a time in the history of the world where people need to see what he's like, it's now. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're somebody who is a little bit stuck in this area, um, I think these devotionals will be a help to you. Um, I, I want you to see what God says about himself. That's our starting point, and that's what we find in the scriptures. What I love about it is uh, it's it's easy to talk about 
love, you know, God's forgiveness, mm-hmm. uh, His grace. Uh, though obviously, it it takes our human minds a a, a while to understand yes. all those things. Uh, but you also cover some difficult mm-hmm. attributes of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think immediately of God's wrath, yes, uh, God's jealousy, yes. Uh, you know, those are not pleasant words yeah. and not ones that we associate. You know, maybe Old Testament God. You yeah. know, um, God's anger. How is yeah. that different from my anger? How yeah. is that different from my jealousy? Uh, and could those ever be considered as positive mm. attributes? So I think if those are some of the things you struggle with. This uh, series of uh, this series, this uh, devotional series, as each of these topics, each of these attributes is covered over the course of a few days, it'll give you a better understanding yes. of the parts of God that are difficult, that yeah. are challenging. So it's not just the easy, That's you right. know, unicorns and rainbows. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. the other part of it too. And I think those are important to look at when. There is misrepresentation. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think, like for example, when you when you understand the wrath of God is not God losing it, but it's it's more an understanding of the the judge that has really listened well in the courtroom, um, steps aside to consider the case, and then comes and bangs the gavel down. It's a it's a judgment based on wisdom and understanding and care for the person. It's not just God flying off the handle. It's a very different understanding. And and I because God reveals those things about himself in the scripture, we can't ignore them. We have to look and say, what does that mean? And some of those, as uh, silly as it may sound, end up becoming very comforting to us to realize, okay, God gets angry over sin that hurts people. That's what he gets angry at. And to realize that, it, it becomes comforting that he's actually cares that much about us. And so, um, yeah, I, I commend this series to you. I, in talking to friends who have watched it, uh, they have told me at the end of the year, they said, my understanding about God's character is much different and much more grounded in Scripture. Wonderful. Well, if you'd like to know more about this video devotional and how you can subscribe to it, just go to lionshare.org and there'll be a little tab there uh, about Dave's devotionals and how you can access them. Well, thank you for today's uh, episode for everyone who tuned in. And as we said earlier, each of these episodes is going to cover the ways of God. And uh, I think it'll be really helpful for you as you continue to live. What does it mean to have humility in different situations? What does it mean to fear the Lord? What does it mean um, to wait on God and to listen to His voice? How do you practically do these things? So we really would like this to be both uh, something that you gain in terms of knowledge, but also practical application, because you can't have wisdom unless you know what to do with these things. So please press subscribe uh, on your uh, wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, and we'd love to also hear your feedback. So feel free to email us at info at lionshare.org and follow us on social media. Wisdom Unlocked, The Ways of God is a production of Lionshare, a ministry that ignites and provides resources to disciple makers in the church and throughout the vocations. To learn more about what we do and how we can help you, please visit lionshare.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Vimeo, and YouTube.